Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, well, welcome to the First Baptist Church here in Coleraine, Massachusetts. We're so thankful that you are tuning in wherever you may be. Today, here it's... uh, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day, the day that Jesus rose again from the dead. I'm going to be reading uh, from 1 Corinthians, the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 15. Just about 22 verses, actually. And the heading is the resurrection of Christ. Now, brothers, I want you to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you were saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still alive, Though some have fallen asleep, then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it was I or they, this is what we preach. And this is what you believed. But if it is preached that Christ has not been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. And more than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, Your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. 
than those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, that would be Adam, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man, that's Jesus Christ. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful to be here again. Those that are listening, those that may be watching, we just don't know how many that are listening or will listen to this message, but we hope and pray that it will bear fruit, that people will be saved and realize that it's only through Christ that they can be raised from death unto life by receiving life, which is in Christ Jesus the Lord. Help us to be tuned into this message, and may you receive the glory. Amen. I'm going to go rhetorical questions to kick off with. Have you ever been scared? Of course you have. You ever been scared? I mean, really scared. You ever feared for your life? Some of you have. You ever been very sad? Heartbroken? Well, you know what it was like for those disciples after Jesus had been put to death on the cross. When they all woke up that morning, that first Easter Sunday morning, Jesus' followers, and that's what disciple means, followers, we are his followers as well. They were absolutely heartbroken. As the early morning began to dawn on that first Sunday of the week, after Jesus had died on the cross, we know that some women, some more of his followers, they went to the tomb to finish washing his body and uh, dressing it and preparing it. And while these women were making their way to the tomb, which belonged to Joseph of Arimathea, a very rich man who gave Jesus the tomb, which was also a prophecy that was fulfilled, Jesus' disciples were in a, a room, the upper room, and the door was locked. The door was locked in Jerusalem. And they were extremely fearful that the same fate that Jesus had suffered on the cross would also happen to them. Now certainly those followers of Jesus, obviously they were very, very sad and very, very scared. They feared for their lives. And just as Jesus had predicted in the Old Testament, the word of God, it says, the shepherd had been smitten. And Jesus is the great shepherd, the good shepherd. Amen. The shepherd had been smitten and the sheep had scattered. Had scattered. That's taken from Zechariah 13, verse 7. Another fulfillment 
of the prophecy in the Old Testament. His followers, rightly so, had always believed that he was the Messiah, the chosen one of Israel. They'd all placed their faith in him, apart from Judas Iscariot, who never did. They expected him, Jesus, to set up his kingdom on earth. One day he will, but not yet. That he would throw off the yoke of uh, Roman bondage, being the new great political leader. And they thought they would all be part of that. Was it James and John? Was it their mother? Can't think of a name right now. Said, Lord, it's okay that one sit on your right hand in your kingdom and the other on your left hand. They're all going to play a part in his kingdom and his coming kingdom. We will too. We will too. One day. They place their faith in him. For different reasons, but they really believed he wasn't the Messiah, which he is, which he was. And Jesus had told him many times that he would die, but they just didn't get it. That he would die, that he would also be raised from the dead. But they never clearly understood the meaning of his words. And now he was dead. He was dead. They'd all banked their futures on the Lord's claims to be the Messiah. And it never happened. He was gone. So they all felt what I describe as the five Ds. You've got the three Ds and one G. Count them. They were depressed, demoralized, disillusioned, despondent, and defeated. The one that they had placed all their hopes and dreams on was now gone. They saw him die on the cross. He didn't faint. He died on that cross. And they took him down and they put him in the tomb. The one they placed all their hopes and dreams on. The man who so radically changed their lives by his power, who demonstrated his love to them. And he just preached the kingdom of God. And he preached love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But he died such a violent death, the death of a criminal, cruel and bloody and humiliating. You know, the, the, even the, the, the movies, they depict Jesus wearing some kind of a loincloth or something. No, he was totally naked on that cross. Can you imagine the humiliation that he must have felt, despising the shame? And they all deserted him. Even Peter says, I'll never leave you. I'll go to death with you. Do whatever it takes, but I'll never, I'll never desert you. But he did. And there was only one there at the cross, one disciple, and that was John, the beloved disciple, who was taking care of Jesus' mother. And she witnessed what her son went through on that cross. Can you imagine what that must have been like? The disciples, they 
couldn't get their heads around it. And it was a very, very, very sad day for them. And surely we can relate to their grief. We've, had, we've known loved ones that we've been very close to, friends and family members that are gone. And that's how they felt. They were grieving the loss of the one that they loved and the one they knew loved them. He demonstrated that. So we read this morning the Apostle Paul writes about this letter in his first letter to the Corinthians. And he says that if Christ Jesus is dead and not resurrected, then none of us have any hope. And we've got good reason to grieve. And those that are outside of Christ have no hope and have good reason to grieve. Especially if they know their relatives that have gone. We're not believers. They had no hope. Good reason to grieve. If Jesus is dead, we have no hope. We're all headed to hell. And no hope beyond this life. And in, that, in this life, we are to be pitied and most miserable. But this is not a day to be miserable. Good Friday was. I don't know why they call it Good Friday, because it was a very bad, depressing day when the Lord Jesus suffered and died. The disciples, there they were, cowering, in this upper room with the door locked for fear of their lives. And then something amazing happened, something miraculous, something they'd never thought possible, totally unexpected. Jesus came into that room. He didn't even have to unlock the door. Didn't need a key. He came through the wall and there he was with a resurrected body, and he stood in the midst of them. Can you imagine what they must have felt like? They would, must have been, as they say in England, gobsmacked. <laughs> this is your gob, by the way. It's English slang. I'll teach you English later if you want to have the interpretation. They were gobsmacked. And they were never expecting that in a million years. Never never occurred to him that it was going to happen. And there he was. Jesus, who had died three days before, came into the very room. They were absolutely terrified. And they thought he was a ghost. <laughs> they thought he was a ghost. Just imagine it. You ever seen a ghost? Anyway, tell me later. <laughs> so to allay their fears... And assure them that indeed he was alive. Jesus showed them the holes that the nails had pierced his hands and his feet. In fact, the, 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 the nails would have gone through his wrists, not his hands. And this is part of the hand. In most cultures, the hand is the whole arm. 
the holes in his hands and his feet. There's the evidence. I'm not a ghost. Look. It's me. And he asked them to touch him. He's got a resurrected body. So it was possible to feel him. Now don't ask me why. Don't ask me to explain that. Because I can't. And he even sat down and he ate some food. Now most of the disciples hadn't believed until this moment. But now they were certain that he was alive because ghosts can't eat food. And he wasn't a ghost because he had a resurrected body. And ghosts don't have resurrected bodies. They're like phantoms. But he's not a phantom. He's alive. And one day we'll receive a resurrected body as well. We'll be able to walk, talk, eat, and enjoy the marriage supper of the Lamb. Never put any weight on. It's great. I overindulged yesterday, I won't tell you. I went to visit Chuck, who used to be here, the backseat Baptist, who's no longer with us. And I uh, asked him if he wanted some, something to eat. And uh, he fancied a quesadilla. I said, okay. So I went over to Taco Bell's, got the quesadilla. Got his roommate, uh, I'm sure they're very finding this very interesting, but not really. She had a bean burrito, and I had the Kentucky Fried Chicken Pot Pie. It was, it was meant to be, because there was one left. And, you know, I'm regretting it now. And he couldn't eat all of his quesadilla, because it was too hot. He's got something spicy in there, he couldn't eat it. So I said, do you want this? So I took it home. And there was an extra bean burrito, so I took that home. Denise was at her mother's, so what I got to do? I got no one to cook for me, right? So I had that pot pie, I had the bean burrito, and a, and a, and a beef quesadilla. You can edit all this, Rick. You know, they're not interested out there, what I've, what I've eaten for dinner. Talk about carbs. I'm supposed to be on a diet. So I overindulge, you know. But when we get a resurrected body, we're not going to put one ounce on. Not one ounce. Thank God. And they believed, you know, they couldn't believe what they were seeing. They were besides themselves with joy and happiness. It was an amazing moment. Jesus is alive. Full of joy. That's what it's like in heaven. Fullness of joy forevermore. This is not heaven. We're just passing through. It's only going to be temporary. But once we get to heaven, there's going to be fullness of joy, not a care, not a worry anymore. Isn't that something to look forward to? Amen. They couldn't believe what they were seeing. And this is what people living in our world today, they need to know that Jesus Christ is more than just a baby that was born in a manger who grew up and was crucified. And he's dead. No, he's not. They need to understand that Jesus is alive. That he is real. And the only hope they have of going to heaven when they leave this world, which they surely will. Salvation is found in no one else 
for there is no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. So as you know, today, and those watching, it's Easter Sunday. It's Resurrection Day. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the fact that even though Jesus did die on the cross and he didn't faint and taken down by his disciples and end up marrying Mary Magdalene, lies, he was buried, and yet he rose again from the dead. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Whether you believe it or not, it happened. It's true. Death was defeated. Death was defeated. Now, all their lives, most people live in fear of that moment when they will breathe their last, even though we are ready to go to heaven. We need to continue to fight the good fight. And those of us that are Christians, even though we know we're going to heaven, we still have this survival instinct in us. We'll do anything to stay alive. Everyone wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. We have a survival instinct. God has put that there in us to survive. But you know, once this old worn out, sin-ridden carcass goes back to the dust, for the Christian, it's nothing more than a place to store our remains. Lay down this flesh in death, our spirits ascend into heaven. And 2 Corinthians 5, 8, it says, We are confident, yes, well pleased rather to be absent from the body and yet present with the Lord. It's instantaneous. There's no such thing as purgatory. It's a lie. You go from this body into the next one, into heaven, immediately. The, the grave is not our final resting place. Our remains might be, or the crematorium, or whatever the case. Our grave, the grave is not our final resting place. It's just like a hope chest, holding within the body that will be raised from the dead one day, incorruptible and undefiled, glorified, taken to heaven. A dead saviour can save no one. Amen. And this is, you know, not to be disrespectful, but uh, Buddha and Krishna and Confucius and Mohammed, these were men. But there's only one who rose again from the dead. Amen. Only one. His name is Jesus. And there's only one saviour. Jesus is alive. He's the only one that can save not anybody else, to those that come to him by faith. Jesus lives. By the grace of God, we can be saved. Jesus is alive. We have our sins washed away forever. Jesus is alive. We can go to heaven when we leave this world because Jesus is alive. The grave has no power over those who believe. Jesus is alive. He's given us eternal life. Eternal life is our present possession. We have it because we have him. Because Jesus lives, one day we will live with him 
in the heavenly city. Because he lives, we will never have to live in this world abandoned and deserted. He'll never leave us, neither will he ever forsake us. Because he lives, we have hope, we have help, and there is presently eternal life. Because he lives, we are made spiritually alive, and we can never die. We can never die any more than God can die. Think about that. God is eternal. Jesus says, I and my Father are one. He is God. He is eternal. He is the life. You receive him, you receive eternal life, and you can never die. That's good news. Because he lives, our sins have been removed. As far as the east is from the west. It's immeasurable. Because he lives, our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There's only one. Because he lives, God is now our Father. He may not have a, a good Father, human Father, but he is good. Our Heavenly Father is good. We've been adopted into his family. Now sin has no more dominion over us because God sees us in Christ. He doesn't see our sin. We've been saved from hell, from eternal separation from God for all eternity. Isn't that something to rejoice about, all those things? It's a day of rejoicing. It's not a sad day. It's a happy day. And I'm not going to start singing that, Oh, happy day, oh, happy day, when Jesus washed. Yes? <laughs> He washed my sins away. What a happy day. What a happy day. You remember that day when Jesus washed your sins away? The best day. The best day. There's never another day like it. But that's how we're going to feel all the time. In heaven. All the time. Fullness of joy. Not a care in the world. So let me ask you, those of you who are listening today, do, do you know that Jesus is alive? Do you understand now what will happen when you die without him? That you'll spend an eternity in hell without God unless you are saved by Jesus? Do you realize there's only one way into heaven? There's only one way. There's no other way except through receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior. Do you know that his death on the cross was for you personally? Because of your sins, because of your sins and mine, you put him there on that cross. He died for your sins so you wouldn't have to pay the penalty for those sins that you've committed. You can't get into heaven in your sins. Your sins have to be washed away and only Jesus can do that. Do you know that Jesus' death will not mean anything to you unless you confess to him that you are a sinner, that you humble yourself enough to confess to God that you are a sinner? 
and ask him to save your soul, to be forgiven. We need to be forgiven. Do you know that if you call upon the name of the Lord to save you, then he will? He's promised to do that. Are you willing to do it? Are you willing to ask him? Ask and you shall receive. Also, Christian, today would be a wonderful day for you to come to the Lord and possibly renew your commitment to Christ and thank him for his grace and his love and the fact that we can never perish because of what he's done for you personally. This is a wonderful day to praise the Lord for all the blessings in our life because Jesus died he was buried and he rose again from the dead. And let me quote, I'm almost finished. Corinthians again, verse 22, same chapter. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. Verse 18, then those also who have died in Christ, those Christians, are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are all people most to be pitied. To be pitied. But don't pity us when we die. Don't pity me when I die. If you happen to attend my funeral, rejoice, rejoice, because we have a one-way ticket on the victory train to heaven. One-way ticket, not a return ticket, but we will be coming back with the Lord one day. One-way ticket, because Jesus rose again from the dead and is alive. We've got a lot to be thankful for, a lot to rejoice, don't we? Let's do it every day. Let's praise the Lord. When you start feeling down in the dumps, start praising the Lord. It's amazing. And use the name of Jesus, the most powerful name in the universe, to forget about ourselves and focus upon him who is worthy to receive our honor and our praise and our worship. Amen? Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful, so grateful. We can't begin to express our gratitude and all that you have done and the price that you paid on that cross. We can't get our heads around it. But because you love us so much, may we never doubt the fact that you loved us so much that you were willing to die in our place because we're sinners. But you don't see us as sinners anymore because you see Christ in us, the hope of glory. And uh, our names are now written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And we can never perish. And the Word of God says that you are not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I'm asking those of you that are listening, 
those of you watching, you've heard the gospel message this morning. You know why Jesus had to die for you, because you're a sinner. And if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that God raised him from the dead, and you confess that with your mouth and believe in your heart what he did for you, a sinner, and call upon his name to save you, then he's promised to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, and God bless you. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.